broadcasting from an undisclosed location. From a secret hunting spot known only to him and the guy who told him about it and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. Welcome back to another episode of The Hunting Show, coming to you from a very special location, flying high above uh, the field days, well, certainly in the Exhibitors' Lounge, and I'm joined by Peter Nation, the, what's your title, Peter, your CEO or event director, what do you call yourself, CEO of uh, New Zealand's National Field Days. Peter, tell us, first of all, a little about yourself, and then we'll go into what Field Days represents and how it affects our main audience, which is hunters and outdoors people, eh? Yeah, sure. Um, good morning, everyone. Yeah, so I've been uh, around Field Days 20-odd years now, uh, both exhibitor, banker, um, visitor, uh, board member in governance, and now CEO. And you've, you've talked about this for 20 years. You obviously know a little bit about the history of Field Days here. How did it start? And it it's must have grown from something relatively... Well, small, I would say, and then into this. This is huge. I mean, the amount of people I see walking around and the amount of exhibitors is, is just massive. Yeah, yeah. So, so like a lot of things, um, they start from small beginnings. So in 1968, a group of uh, people decided that they really wanted to bring town and country together and get the experience of, of rural life so urban people could experience that as well. Uh, first started at the Tarapa Racecourse in Hamilton from very small beginnings. Uh, they had really no preconceived ideas of how big it was. Um, I think it grew over double uh, from its first sort of estimations. And then they held it there again the second year, not in June. They held it earlier around March because the Queen's coronation visit was here. So um, her family came to the second one in 1969. And then um, six farmers got together and thought that they would actually um, need a bigger piece of land. So they, they found this piece of land at Mystery Creek. Uh, sought finance from our now major sponsor ANZ, so they've been with us 48 years as well, and uh, bought bought the land we're on now. So so this piece of land's expanded over the years. It's 114 hectares and 47 hectares of exhibition platform. And just quickly about this venue, I mean, we've, I've been to a lot of uh, events here, everything from scout jamborees, which I was involved with, uh, through to you know all sorts of other shows, motorhome shows, and all sorts of things. Um, but the, the venue, you're right, has expanded with big indoor areas. If, can you tell us a little bit about the history of it from going from a Field Days event site to it being a, well, overall, it's just an eventing venue now, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, it's important for people to realise that we're actually a not-for-profit society uh, run by members and volunteers. And so Field Days, as we know, continued to grow over the years to a point that our exhibitors wanted um, more exhibition space and, and more covered space. So the then board decided that we needed uh, buildings. So we set about uh, funding the building of this very large exhibition space, which we know as the Pavilion. It's still the single biggest uh, clear span building in the Southern Hemisphere. So it's a bit of a monster, um, but it enables us to do a whole lot of things. And, and so once we did build it for field days, then we thought about we should utilise it for other things like sports. So we started bringing netball, um, indoor motocross, and a number of other events, as you rightfully identified, the boat show and all those things here. Um, in later years, we've actually started to uh, go back to our core roots around agricultural exhibitions, but we still do um, major conferences here, and we take the opportunity to use it when we can for other stuff. So it's very well utilised. 
Now, Peter, one thing I did notice, and this is very apt considering the audience you're talking to now, is walking in, and we had to park a mile away this morning, so it was a really good opportunity to see uh, all of the, the utes. Uh, I have to say, it's probably one in three vehicles in the car park were utes, and probably 80% of those had dog boxes on the back. So there's hunters here and outdoors people. And with the likes of hunting and fishing, Gun City, Stony Creek, to name a few, um, hunting and outdoors is represented very, very strongly at this. And I think uh, people associate farming with hunting and the outdoors and, and as, a, as a general thing. Is it that you're actually expanding out from rural lifestyle to outdoor lifestyle as well or is it that the two are just so linked or joined at the hip? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. So so utes are actually becoming a very um, very common form of transportation now to be fair and there's even more and more people in the urban world driving them. Um, so it's a really good observation and yes, there's a lot of dog boxes sitting out there because there is an association between hunting and farming. A lot of farmers uh, use their dogs for hunting pigs and and things like that so there is a very close association between both recreational hunting and agriculture in New Zealand. Um, we've stayed pretty close to our roots really around agriculture but it's as you rightfully point out it's just because they're so closely aligned. Um, we're continually making sure that our exhibits are a relative to uh, topical issues in the agricultural sector but also relative to our visitors that are coming so um, yes you, you will see the Stony Creeks and the uh, and the um, hunting and fishings and you'll also see the relative clothing companies here as well who incidentally I've been talking to this morning um, almost overwhelmed by the demand in their product it's been outstanding. One thing I find fascinating is a lot of people and hunters in particular come to this almost like a some sort of strange mecca um, talking to them throughout the week uh, in my workplace which is uh, obviously I'm dealing with hunters and outdoors people every day of the week and uh, they do they see this as some sort of mecca for the, the the hunting and lifestyle products and clothing and they really are looking for a bargain and the amount of ridgeline and, and Stony Creek bags I saw coming in the other direction walking in this morning is a testament to that how do you reach those people well, you've obviously got a good strong following in the um in the farming world, how are you reaching those city folk and the and the, the hunters and outdoors people? Um, I think, as before, we said they're quite closely aligned, so we tend to be lucky to be able to get um, communications to customers, and, and it covers sort of both realms of their interest. Um, but to be fair, we spend a lot of money, as do our exhibitors, on advertising our brand, and and they spend and our exhibitors spend a lot of money advertising their brand. So, so people come, they visit here, knowing that those brands are going to be here. So our responsibility as an event management businesses to um, make the experience for exhibitors a good one um, and also advertise to the wider audience for them to come and be part of this event. And I don't think the, the other thing we shouldn't certainly lose sight of is that um, there's an estimated 10,000 exhibitor staff that actually work on site here. Now the amazing thing is that a lot of them hunt and fish and, uh, and, and do all those great outdoorsy things. So there's actually a business-to-business -business function going on here as well. And, and of course, the exhibitors get to know one another. They, they, they come to this event every year and they become quite good friends. So um, if you look at a number of exhibitors, for example, they're actually wearing clothing from Stony Creek. Um, and that's not by mistake. That's just because there's been an association formed and, um, and so business is done. And uh, one thing I would like to say is that for your farmers particularly, 
um, hunting, fishing, outdoors is their recreation. So while they're passionate about their work and they're passionate about their lifestyle, these guys are outdoors all week and then Friday afternoon they're heading for the hills with the likes of myself who (laughs) is definitely not a farmer. Um, Do you think there's association? So you're talking about their work and then you're talking about their passion as well and I think that's very important for these guys to come and see. Uh, yes, it is, and and there's been a lot of uh, conversation even this week around uh, resilience, and and we've had people like Doug Avery here speaking about resilience. I just saw him on the Village Green just before I came over for this interview, and you know it's it's very important um, in in mental health terms for farmers these days to have a recreation, get time off farm, and actually spend some time doing what they enjoy, and and you know as as part of the sort of hunting experience, as as all your um, readers and listeners will know is that um, time with family is important too. So you'll find a lot of farmers go out with their kids and teach them how to hunt at an early age and then there's a lot of families per se in an extended format that spend time together. So brothers, sisters, cousins and and the wider family and whanau come together and actually hunt and enjoy one another's company. So, so there's a real blend of um, very important aspects of people's uh, mental health and uh, balance, lifestyle balance going into this whole recipe. Yeah, and I was actually about to touch on farming's relevance to the, the hunting sector very quickly with you. And what I often credit, New Zealand has a very, very weak anti-hunting lobby. If you go somewhere like Australia or even the US and you head for the, the inner city, um, basically you're almost having to do a secret handshake to, to tell each other that you're a hunter. And one thing that, uh, that New Zealand really has going for it is that even if you're in the centre of Auckland, you're only 25 minutes away from seeing that farm and rural lifestyle and understand that farming, meat, the industry, where our food comes from is kind of built into us. I don't think many Kiwis think that meat comes from packets. They've got a good understanding. And it's events like this that give that um, probably legitimacy. You know, they can come here, they can see animals, they understand the rural lifestyle. And to your credit they don't have to be part of it to understand it and the same thing with hunting I think people even if they're not into it themselves accept them that that's a way that we gather meat and food and in fact most New Zealand hunters it's about getting food to the table um, do you credit events like this with even helping maybe not directly but that understanding that that rural urban and you mentioned it earlier that rural urban understanding uh, yes, yeah, so staying true to our roots you know a core objective of, of field days particularly as an event is to bring urban and urban and uh, and rural together and um, and it's a very important aspect for us we we're continually looking at market trends and themes and and our responsibility is to bring information and um, and and new topics and issues to the table um, it's not up to us to debate them but we'll bring them to the table as part of themes of our of our business and let others debate it and um, for me as new CEO I think it's really important that New Zealanders understand where their food comes from their food quality and how important food is to their health and well-being and um, that's something that I want to build further on and and so this comes back to the whole supply chain and enabling people to understand where food comes from now it can either come from uh, in some cases farm sources or through um, hunting itself and and you know some things in the world now are actually becoming trendy that weren't before goat meat for example um, you can now buy wild duck on a menu you can buy rabbit on a menu um, and you can buy um, either farmed or or wild venison so so there's a bigger understanding for food and food quality um, and and I think we've got some more work to do with that just getting people to understand um, uh, where our food comes from, as you say, and it's uh, and it's part it plays in our life as far as health and well-being goes. 
Hey, look, um, Rabbit Ranger, who's a very powerful organisation in Australia, would almost have kittens over what you've just said. He's got the Christian and the boys over there, and they've got a very strong following here in New Zealand. Uh, their one passion is to get Rabbit back on the table and back on the menu, and I'm sure there's plenty of farmers here that would like to hear that because they are a little bit of a problem. Um, do you think... I just want to, talking about that kind of stuff, do you think that Field Days gets a little bit political or do you try and stand a little bit away from that and keep out of that arena? Uh, no, we won't get political at all. I've, that's not even in our arena. Um, we, it's very clear in our rules and constitution that we're politically neutral. As I said before, our job is to look at uh, things that are trending in the market. So if you look at field days this year, for instance, um, we've just opened the new careers and education hub, and so that's all about meeting the need of the market. It's been clearly stated we need 55,000 more people in the agricultural market by 2025. So we've invested heavily in putting a new careers and education hub in, into that area. Um, innovation, we keep investing in that. So, and we've bought we've bought topics to the table before around water quality and all those things. So all I'm saying is that in the food arena, not only wild food but aquaculture, viticulture, horticulture there's a need overall for people to understand about that food and and it's really obvious to me that through the advent of cooking programs on TV, uh, cookbooks and all those things we're actually teaching people how to cook again which is I think really important and we're starting to teach people around proteins and meats and you know I get it that a lot of people don't always like meat that's fine that's their choice but we need to have the A the debate, B the education and C the consumer is far more aware and wanting to know the quality and where that food comes from. So if we can provide some of those mechanisms, and and we do, if you look at Kiwi's Best Kitchen at the moment, it's probably one of the most visited um, exhibits at Field Days, where we've got um, celebrity chefs and people there actually cooking fine cuisines and getting people understanding um, the foods and how to cook it because that's quite important if you can't cook the food properly it's not going to taste good and it's probably not going to be that good to eat either um, so yeah that's our responsibility we're not going to get into the debate and be a, take a position as, as an organisation on a political issue or anything to do with people's uh, cultural beliefs that, that's for the market itself all we will do is have the exhibit platform to allow people to make their own decisions Nicely put Peter and th the last point well, the last topic I really want to cover with you is that link between farming and the environment. And I would like to congratulate you on that. You just touched on it then, but, you know, clean water, uh, good environment, um, farming responsibly, and also hunting responsibly. I see uh, messages like that hidden, well, not so much hidden, but amongst these exhibitors. Tell us, where do you stand with that? Also, not so much you, but obviously you have a, a, a social obligation to promote that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, we do, and as I said before, we bring a balanced approach to this. So where we've, in the past, we've um, we've brought topics to the fore and allowed people to actually um, present their their views on it. So you know, a classic example at the moment is health and safety. It's very topical, um, and in all realms of of business operation, even hunting, uh, we have a responsibility around safety, and and so we're happy to allow that to to be um, showcased at field days and debated. And and if you have a look at you know, the more you the more you bring this stuff in front of people to debate and discuss, I think the better off we are. And we've come a long way even in the last five years around health and safety. You know, um, so so that's what we're about. We're about finding the niche topics, as I said before, bringing them to the event, allowing people to display them, so people can understand and get some education, and that fulfils the objectives of why we're here. Very nicely put, Peter. And look, thank you. I know you've taken uh, what is a 
a big part out of a very, very busy day, and I'm sure uh, that, that you've got an awful lot to do. So thank you for joining us. And uh, look, if you are listening to the show, head along uh, next year, because unfortunately you're probably running out of time this year, to the, the field days, because it's not just about farming. It's that outdoor stuff and the, and the crossover between the outdoors, hunting, and also the, all the other information stuff here. There's, there's clubs that you can join here. There's technology stands. I'm, I'm looking, we're standing right above one right now. And uh, it's worth it for everyone. And you're right, it's about getting those urban people into a rural setting. Any last words, Peter? Uh, no, I just, uh, you know, it, it thrills me to see uh, people coming out of uh, all parts of New Zealand and all walks of life. A lot of people are travelling a long way to be here. And, um, and all the people I've talked to in the four days I've been here in my new role as CEO, I've really enjoyed the experience. And, um, and I get a great kick out of seeing the young people here. Uh, yesterday and today, there's a lot of young people. We can see them walking around now. Um, you know, they're tomorrow's uh, leaders. They're going to be the ones that are going to be in agribusiness, making a difference for New Zealand. And um, not all of them will get there because it won't interest them. But if, if, if we can spark their interest by them coming to visit field days and create an opportunity for them, then we've succeeded. And you're, just, you're quite right. These are our future farmers, our future hunters. And for a lot of them, this is their first taste of that. They've come from the middle of a city and, and this is the first time they've ever seen this and it'll spark their interest. Again, Peter, thank you very much. You know, Field Days does have a website if they want to look it up and see what's going to happen again for next year. Yes, they can. And um, they can also pick up the app and download that on their phone as well. So, um, you know, if you're coming to Field Days, it's a big place. It's no longer a day out. It's probably a two-day out visit. And if you're really keen, we'd love you to be here for four days. Um, it takes some planning if you want to get around it and have a look to find where all the exhibits are. And, and all the top of the exhibits that we put out for people to go and enjoy entertainment as well. Um, just clearly, it is more than a day out. Plan your visit and you'll have an enjoyable time here. Thanks very much. Now, guys, remember you can win that great package with NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine. That's a year subscription. All you've got to do is find us on Facebook, like us, interact with us, send us emails and feedback if there's anything you've heard in this interview you want to find out more. Also, the link to all those Field Days things, including the app, are going to be in the Information Centre. Scroll down if you're on Android or flip the lid on Apple and you'll be able to get direct links to those great apps. And uh, again, thank you very much. Be careful out there, guys, and good hunting. Podcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.